Hello and good evening and welcome back to TNB. Um, myself, Phil and Steve here tonight. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Phil. Uh, yeah, we're just recording a late one tonight because everyone is very, very busy. Um, people have stuff to do and things to get on with. So myself and Steve decided we'll try, get a time down as 20 to 10 on Thursday, the 5th of May. And we'll talk about this weekend's football and sport. We cannot ignore the NBA playoffs, Stephen. It's me and you. We used to do the babble screen. It would be rude to ignore it. So we will talk about that towards the end of the show. Yeah, the football this week, European football, Stephen. Um, wow. What do you, I, I suppose you, you have to start with last night at the Bernabeu. Um, yeah. It's one like, of those things. David Squires had a, had a cartoon where it was like Pep Guardiola was like, I'm going to think about my post-match speech. and But now first I look at my right leg. And there was a hand coming out of the ground like a zombie, and that's what Real Madrid are. Like they, they just unless you shoot them twice in the head, they're 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 not dead in any tie. And like this is a team that lost at home to Sheriff earlier on in this tournament, and they've beaten PSG and they've beaten Chelsea and now they've beaten Manchester City. And it's um, it's hard to call it a fairy tale because like they're probably the biggest club in Europe in terms of like. Oh god, they are yeah. success and things like that. I'd argue like Liverpool and Manchester United both have a bigger like worldwide following, but in terms of success in Europe, it's 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 it is Real Madrid, I think. And so like, and yet they're the underdog. They're being painted as this like you know miracle story, and you're going, how much are they giving uh, Rudiger in his new contract? Like, um, so like it. The thing is though, it, they're just fun to watch, and you know, last night was a great example of the best thing about them getting rid of away goals. Um, because I think if if Madrid had been carrying three away goals into that game, they'd have played in a very very different style than than they played. Yeah. Um, and I think City would have played in a very very different style, you know, over both legs as well. So. I thought it was a great game of football. I, I'm absolutely convinced that Liverpool hammered them in the final. Um, because well, you can get away with that for so long. Like, you know, Liverpool aren't going to miss the chances in the final third that Man City missed last night. It's, they're just not. Um, and in the first leg. Um, but it's it's still good that Manchester City have not won a Champions League. Um, and teams like Marseille have. So... I I think uh, on Liverpool, and we'll chat about them in a minute, and and we'll look forward to the final, do a bit, a little bit in the final. Um, I I I just I think Liverpool and this Liverpool side, even on Tuesday night, and even in other games, have shown you that they're they seem to be more street like the streetwise maybe is the right term, but just more they just smart, seem to be smarter than this city side. If if you know if you know what I mean, like, and I saw someone normally everybody calls it big brain but I think it was Gavin Cooney from the 42 said he has Pep small brain this <laughs> do you know what I mean like has he gone the other way now and like Kyle Walker after five minutes should have been hooked he he was he was class he, he played quite well and he was he gave everything but you could tell he wasn't fit yeah and then some of the subs the imbalance of the team just looked like they actually looked like they were all over the place, even though it was still nil nil half time. You just felt like City, regardless of what was going to happen, you felt City were going to were going to blow this. But he did it in and... both legs. Like he played John Stones, <clears> who <throat> wasn't in the first yeah. leg. Like 
and she and it's not as if he was trying to get a player who's used to a position into a position like with stones he was playing a player very much out of position and things like yeah. that it's just it's it's in his head like it has to be in his head now at this stage that, it's daft it's so weird yeah like manchester united have won a premier league title since pep guardiola has won the champions league last like this is a man who's <laughs> revolutionized football coaching. Like that's how long ago it is. Like it's to me, it's it's a, it's an indictment on not necessarily his qualities as a coach because I think how he has changed football can't be doubted at all. But what it is an indictment of is kind of his in-game management. Like that that is a, they brought off they brought on two hundred million pounds worth of talent last night and couldn't see out the game like that's i just don't understand how you, how you can fail you, so badly do you think he is he has completely i i'm going to make a word here systemized himself do you think he's completely shoehorned himself into a system and this man city team that when chips are down and and things are not going their way that seems to happen because if you look and I'm only using Liverpool as an example but if you look at what happened arguably Man City was a better side in the um, in the league game at the Etihad Liverpool didn't back down they f- they flicked they changed things the other night Liverpool were getting <laughs> well beaten by Villarreal things looked a bit hurry uh, Klopp changed things at half time not only did he change that he brought on Luis Diaz but he, he changed Rakaida played he almost went that 4-2-4 things opened up a little bit more for Liverpool and then they walk away with the game. Whereas you just felt last night, like, as I said before, you felt Man City were going to get under this pressure and they were going to fold. And when it went to 2-1 uh, on the night, there was no other winner. You didn't feel like Man City were going to go and win this. You, you just were waiting on the net. You were waiting on Benzema to score, not a penalty. You were waiting on, you were waiting on Benzema to score and kill them off. Yeah, and, and, and likewise in the Liverpool game the night before, Despite the how bad the first half was, it was fully expected. I fully expected Liverpool to come back. And you did say that in the WhatsApp group, yeah. Uh, and likewise, City are the exact opposite. When they get into any sort of trouble at all, you just feel like there's nothing there. There's no plan B. Like for the last kind of, I think it was six minutes last night. They they started trying to play long ball football when all their forwards and attacking players are four foot tall, like what's the point in playing long ball football? Like they have only a plan A and now look, it's an exceptionally good plan A. You see, like over the course of a season, it's a very good plan A. The the issue is that in game, we do sometimes need to go to plan B and they just don't seem to have it. Um, And you're right. That's an indictment on, on Pep as a coach that he's not, he's not, he can see, like you could see in his eyes last night, he knew what was happening. Like He knew as much as we did what was going yeah. to happen at the end of that game. And he could do nothing to change it. I think that's the biggest issue. Whereas you never feel that about Klopp. Like, and maybe it's rose-tinted glasses and recency bias and stuff like that. But no matter what the score in a Liverpool game is, the expectation is always that Klopp will do something to turn it around. And that's not the same with City. Like we, you know... What's what's worked for City recently is they score early and they get the nerves out of the way. But what happens if it's seventy minutes and it's nil nil in the game? Like what what's Pep going to do? Like just play the same way with a different group of players? Like he's yeah. not going to change what they're doing. And it's too much relying on like individuals 
like last night, you can almost see the pressure Jack Grealish felt, say, for example, to try and win that game on his own, to try and turn it around on his own. And he just wasn't able to do it. And Phil Foden's not able to do it. And, and Bernardo is not able to do it. None of those players are able to do that. Kevin De Bruyne might be the only one who can. And he hooked them off because he thought the game was done. Um, so I think there's a lot, like, they're not going to sack him. They're not going to get rid of him. But there are limitations within a game to what Pep can do that you don't see over the course of a season. Yeah, um, and I think that's ultimately his downfall, and that's why I don't see him winning the Champions League with Manchester City. Um, I really don't see it, uh, despite them getting to, you know, the very late stages consistently. Um, when it comes down to it, he'll come up against a smarter manager, whether that's Ancelotti or Klopp or whoever it is. He'll just outcoach him. Yeah, they'll just outcoach him over the course of two games, and that's all they have to do. They don't have to worry about a 38 game season. They don't have to worry about anything like that. They just have to worry about 100, 180 minutes. Um, and I thought City, I thought, or sorry, I thought Madrid just executed their game plan perfectly over the two legs. So I think uh, to go back on City this season, and I know people probably rolled their eyes, but and I, and I know we talked about this on a podcast afterward, but when he made all those changes for that FA Cup semi final, and he completely took away uh, a, a go at the season of doing something special to then uh, prioritise the Champions League. And yes, they got through against Atletico Madrid, whatever, but to then get put out the way they did, you know, and I said at the time, he ha- he said after the game at the Eddie had against Liverpool, we had the chances to kill them off and we didn't. Then they had the chance the next week to go again at Liverpool all right, they said that some injuries, fair enough, but they still could have picked a stronger side. And he didn't. Liverpool were like, all right, then, no bother, away we go. And now look where the two teams are. Do you know, this could be, we, we are talking like this could this could end up being the difference between Liverpool winning nothing, well, Liverpool winning three major trophies, Man City winning a few of them, or Liverpool winning the quadruple. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and again, our Pep has just. For whatever reason, I don't know what happens and when he gets to biggish moments. He never just goes into it. Like Klopp seems to go into it um real level headed. Here we go again, here's a game. Like people think uh, Klopp seems to be very good at halftime, or Klopp, Klopp and his coaching staff, sorry, seem to be very good at halftime. And people people used to think he must go in there and roll the head off them. He doesn't. He said it before I'd speak calm, he has Pep Enders will talk about attacking. Someone else talk about what you need to do defending. Maybe the goalkeeper needs to chat with some uh, John Ackerberg about what needs to be going here, distribution of the ball. They show them, uh, Peter Kravitz will show them uh, clips of what went right in that game. And then we go from there. And I don't know what Pep does. I don't know. It's very, very, very strange because he, he is. like He's one of the greatest managers of all time. But you, you do feel with every little nick, Every little slice that he keeps getting with City when they fall at this hurdle, they could end up winning no trophies this season. Yeah. That he's diminishing um, his legacy, which is, you know, after he came out of Barcelona, I think everyone was thinking, wow, this is this is the greatest manager of all time. How are we going to get any anyone anywhere close to it? Like he, he played Alex Ferguson in two Champions League finals and just Fergie, Fergie's team's never got no close. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is... The Manchester United under Alex Ferguson. Do you know what I mean? 
that didn't happen very much. There was, there was, was the small matter of a certain Argentinian midfielder that they had in those games. <laughs> yes, there was. Um, <laughs> a great, great side, obviously, but they played beautiful football. But yeah, it's it's strange. But on, but on Liverpool, I think I, I think I said to Paddy, I said to my dad about it, like, and you've probably had it watching United when when they're in a groove to potentially do something very great <laughs> they just keep finding ways to win yeah like on saturday against newcastle they went one nil up and then they just grounded out they, just, they obviously had chances but they just kept going kept going villarreal two nil up um everything going in villarreal's favor cockland turned in the fucking iniesta for 35 minutes and then jinxed himself by walking past the liverpool players tapping <laughs> his wrist and pointing to the scoreboard when he did that you knew it was over and um, yeah. I and then and then obviously he changes things. And what I liked about what Klopp did the other night, Naby Keita had a stinker in the first half, a stinker in the first half. Like he assisted uh, Lo Celso almost for a one on one, and Klopp left him on. Yeah. When every everyone was saying, get Keita off, put Henderson in, short the midfield. Yes, get Diaz on, but get Keita off. Short. Klopp was like, no, I'm gonna keep him on. Tweaked it, put Kaida almost into like a up front with Sadio Mane at times, and then he played such a pivotal part and things going on in the game. And that's Klopp keeps doing these little things where you're like, oh, I can't believe another forty years of this. I know you don't want it, but like it's yeah, it it it, it the other night was yes, Ruli did not uh, do himself any favors and goals for uh, Villarreal. I don't know why he keeps his legs open all the time. That's he probably shouldn't do that, but. Uh, just not, and I just I've said it for ages. You know, have this Liverpool team just feel like they're on something. But I know what'll happen next year. Then they'll get chinned out everything in the first round. But that's that's what you have to you have to live with football. Though. Like <laughs> I mean, that, that, like the thing, like they're playing football, like you know, as if you were cheating a championship manager or something, you know, or Jason Jones, yeah. he's their football manager. Um, but it, it like it. There was like I, I think the only thing I compared this Liverpool season to is United in '99, and like there was an inevitability about what was going to happen, and that feels like it's the same for Liverpool this season. Sadly, um, like the semi-final against Arsenal, the FA Cup semi-final, and Phil Neville, you know, commits the it's the stupidest foul, and and Arsenal have a penalty, and like everybody, everybody who wasn't a Manchester United fan was like, this is it, this is the end of the travel here or whatever, like. And the penalty saved, and you know you go on and win that game, and and it never, I was never in a doubt in my mind. And the same, the, the more obvious one is obviously the final of the the Champions League, where you know Bayern Munich absolutely destroy Manchester United for eighty nine minutes, and yeah, at no stage in that final did I doubt that Manchester United were going to win it, um, because you're in a flow, you're in it, you're exactly right, you're in a groove, you're in. A place of expectation that no matter what, Ferguson will get it right. And with his substitutions that night, he absolutely did get it right. Um, so I do think it's it, it. I know the feeling. Like I do know the feeling that like Liverpool fans are um, are getting uh, or have. And like, but it, I think everyone else can see it as well. Like I mean, there wasn't a person alive who felt that. Villarreal were actually going to hold on the other night and win. Like it, the assumption was there that 
Liverpool were just going to make the changes that they needed to and win. And they did it quite comfortably in the end. Like, obviously, the Villarreal goalkeeper <laughs> is talking. Like, it, like, it's as bad a professional goalkeeper I've ever, as I've ever seen. Um, but I think it, it must be, like, it must be a great feeling. Like, it just must be a great feeling to know that your 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 manager is going to get it right regardless. Um, and it's funny, like, because, you know, it was was it around? No, it was probably a little bit earlier in the season last year when Liverpool went on that like horrendous run, and nothing went right for Liverpool. Yeah, and then they were due to go to Old Trafford to play Manchester United, and then the United fan protest stopped that game from happening. And I always wonder, like, if United because United were in a decent bit of form at that stage. Yeah, yeah, I was and, worried about that. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and I wonder if if Liverpool had taken a bit of a beating from United, like. Where are they this year? But they have just gone on and on and on, and they've built performance after performance, and they've been the best team in the world since then. Um, so they d- deserve to be there or thereabouts for the Premier League. They deserve to be in the Champions League final, as as hard as all those things are to say for me. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, like, they could still, and this is the thing, like. I, it's really annoying me this quadruple talk because and you know this is the closest any team has gotten to a quadruple like they've won one trophy so when they get to three then people can say this is the closest anyone's got to a quadruple i fully oh, expect yeah. them to beat chelsea i fully expect them to beat real madrid and i do think they i do think they have a very good chance of catching man city now I also have a feeling that they will drop points in the league run-in. I don't know where it's going to come, but there's there's it's that pressure that they felt the last time things were this tight between the two teams. Like it's so hard to just keep winning. Mm. Like you, there's no. Whereas now Man City, like you know, some I saw someone today and he was saying like this is great for Liverpool because like City's heads will be down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in a way, that's true. But in another way, City have just one competition to focus on now. They have one goal and nothing nothing else matters apart from the Premier League. Like Liverpool have to think about, okay, what's our FA Cup final team going to be? And they have to think about what our Champions League final team is going to be. And like you're gonna have I wonder when you start having players trying to play their way into cup final teams. And that might take away from the overall team performance. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. I, like, it, it no, may it's not. Valid. That's valid. I just think it, it's a concern that, like, that people don't consider when t- a team is so successful. Is that like, well, it's all of a sudden, like, uh, in most clubs at this time of year, you've got one competition you're maybe like looking towards. Now, Liverpool have a squad full of players who think, okay, I could, you know, with decent performance here. Or with a goal here, I could that, and that's it's more that like if with a goal here, maybe I get into the into the FA Cup final team, and instead of passing, they take on a shot, a speculative shot instead, and that's the difference between a win and a draw. Um, there's little things like that, and that's not like you would think that they're professional enough and they're smart enough, but like footballers are human at the end of the day as well, and um, so all the things that could possibly be seen as a benefit are also a negative but likewise all the things that could be seen as a negative are a benefit as well because then now you have fringe squad players or fringe team players who are all of a sudden elevating their performance and ultimately maybe that helps overall so there's two ways of looking at it absolutely like my thing on it would be in because i'm a superstitious agent 
we've been this is the third time we've chased City in a title race uh, in the Premier League year anyway um, and the other two times we obviously <laughs> the infamous Chelsea game and then uh, we just chased them the whole way home and were beat by a point yeah. um, the last day and I just have a funny feeling that it's things are going to go our way this year and I felt that for a while. Like, and look, I don't like that. Might we may only end up with one trophy, which would be the, obviously the League Cup. And I was talking about this today. Um, a, f- a friend in work was sort of who is a Man United fan was sort of saying like, "You will come in here, you know, the Monday after the Champions League if you've lost everything, and you'll be absolutely raging, and and you know he'd be able to laugh and all because we're all football fans." Yeah, I don't know if I'd be raging. Definitely be heartbroken, but I don't think I'd be a rage. I think honestly, it would be like a Wow, we were so close there to doing something unbelievable, and what a season that was! People yeah. as well, and this isn't a slight on Man City or anything. This it isn't like people forget Liverpool were fourteen points behind City at one point, and yes, they had two games in hand, but you still have to win those games in hand. So this Liverpool side have clawed those points back to be within one, and it's never really mentioned when people are talking about the title race now. Oh, it's so close, it's so close. But why is it so close? Because Liverpool went on an unbelievably relentless run to keep up with this unbelievably relentless juggernaut that is Man City. They went on that run and chased them and chased them and chased them and chased them. So, disappointment, 100%, if, if, it, if it only ends up with a Carabao Cup. Disappointment. But I think, and I think that's why the club possibly announced club. There's a cushion there now. Yeah. You know, Jürgen's going to be here for another four years, so it could be really disappointing, but we've got another four years where we can go after it again. Yeah. And this is why I keep going back to it. This is why I still think the fact that Pep just cast it aside that FA Cup to potentially win a treble. Trebles don't come around that often. Like, never mind quadruples because that you never think of those, but trebles do not come around. And for Man City to get a treble to AB equals Manchester United, that should have been something where they were like, no, let's see what we can do here. And they just cast it aside. And, and I said it, and I said it after the league game as well, there's just something about them. Not that the heart isn't in it, that's obviously bullshit, but there's just something about this Man City side where I think they're going to leave it behind them this year. And once it's all... Like, Liverpool mightn't win the Champions League, and they mightn't win the FA Cup, but if they win the league, say, there will need to be a conversation after teams have celebrated and the season's over and whatever... What happened at Man City when you've spent so much money on players? And, and how is it that you have spent so much money on players, but you're still having youth team players in your squad on a European semi-final night? Yeah. No disrespect to the youth players. They might be superstars in the making. I don't know them, so they might be superstars in the making. But how is it that this team that has all the money in the world and go out and spend 100 million on players can let themselves be short at times? It's, it'll need to be discussed. I think it's bizarre. Yeah. It's absolutely bizarre because um, for me, it's like you know what they're going to do this summer. They're going to go go out and buy Haaland, and they're going to talk about how that's fixing everything. But I don't know if it does because, like, it, again, it comes back to this one way of playing, and while that works over the court long term, it's like how do you spend that much money like you said and end up you know with like no strikers like no forwards like i just like i i don't understand the 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 i don't understand the 
the budgeting i don't understand the team building it all feels so geared towards individuals like they have they not learned from from the greedish thing that you can't just go out and just buy a player for a hundred odd million or whatever and he will fit your system like that's not the way it works um so i i don't know like i think it's a funny one for city because like who do who do you replace pep with um and that's the thing like and it's it's going to my united um no ten hag that's who you would look at probably oh sorry yeah sorry um i get you now but yeah like that that's maybe where you look but even then like that's a project manager so you're going to say to yourself okay we've we've like we're, we're going to have to take two years off here potentially winning the champions league um and i don't know if city are i don't know if city are ready to do that so they're kind of stuck with pep a little bit um whereas with liverpool you know from the assistant manager day and you've, you've kind of got a succession plan in place you would think and um, yeah. that doesn't seem to exist at city it all seems to be about the cult of pep um and i wonder i wonder how quickly it falls apart um once he goes um because we've seen we've seen managers at city not succeed despite all the money they have um yeah so i wonder would that will that come back again it feels like they're due you know they're due a chelsea season like chelsea are having this season now obviously there's a lot going on with chelsea outside of their control but like on the field, the, it's been absolutely brutal from Chelsea the last few weeks as well. And, you know, once there's nothing to play for, I wonder, is that going to be a City issue as well? Like, like can you imagine that City team if they weren't challenging for first place? Can you honestly say they're going to try as hard to, 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 to get to third or fourth as they would, you know, for, for, for first? I, I just don't see it. I don't, you I don't see it. Yeah. Just don't see the fight in them at all. Um... So it, it it's a it, it is an interesting one. I think of all the teams, I think Liverpool are best set up for whatever happens next. Whereas you look with you look with Chelsea, you, like it's it without Abram Abramovich and all that other stuff, like it's falling apart a little bit. You look at you know since Ferguson, you, it's fairly obvious. You look at Arsenal, you know even during Wenger, never mind after. Um, uh, whereas Liverpool, you know. It feels like they have an idea of what should, should should happen next. Now that doesn't mean it actually works, as you know we saw with United. But at least it's better to have that plan in place. And I do wonder with City, you know, have they even thought about like what do we do next? Um, because I don't think they'll win the Champions League with Pep, but I also don't think they'll win the Champions League with anyone else. So did you just stick with him and win league after league after league until he retires or moves and becomes Spain manager or whatever, like? Winning league titles isn't easy, especially for a club as small as Manchester City as well. Like, I mean, it's not like they've done it very yeah. often in their life, so um, or in their existence. So, like, beggars can't be choosers, and a, a league title is still a league title. So, like, there's also the the Abu Dhabi stick around. Do you know, like, yeah, like, like. Likewise with PSG, I mean, does ownership stick around there if, if it looks as if they just can't win a Champions League? 
Like the whole point is like what what good is winning a French title to them if they're consistently being knocked out with the Champions League semi final stage or whatever or quarter final stage. So yeah, maybe they do. Like maybe they do decide that actually, do you know what? Oh crap, people aren't buying oil anymore. <laughs> maybe we need to be a bit more careful with our money. Um. So yeah, it, 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 it's it, they're big questions. They are big questions, and I don't know the answer. But you don't feel like the commitment is there, um, very much at all from either ownership. Other like that, everything is about the Champions League. So those are awkward conversations. One, those te- those type of teams are knocked out of the Champions League. So. Look, I, I think everyone knows that listens to this. None of us want to see Man City win a Champions League ever. <laughs> God love them. Uh, just nah, or PSG. No, thank you. Um, but yeah, so the Champions League final, twentieth of May, is going to be Liverpool and Real Madrid, a rematch for the twenty eighteen final. Um, rematch that broke my heart. Um, I can't wait for it. I, I, it's the one I wanted. I wanted us to play Real Madrid before even Real Madrid got Man City or whatever. Um, I wanted us to play Real Madrid. I wanted the chance to play Real Madrid again in a Champions League final just to see. We owe them one. They've locked us out the last two times. We played them in their final and in the last the quarterfinal and a final. And just let's, let's have a go at them, Liverpool. So hopefully everyone stays fit. Hopefully everyone in Real Madrid stays fit too because you, you, want, you want it to be... You know, yeah, both teams. There, so your like your focus, your hatred is kind of is is gone. Like, so there's not a yeah, it's not a it's not a hatred with, uh, Madrid. It's like a there is this, it's Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? You always feel when you're going against Real Madrid that if you can beat Real Madrid, ha. Do you know? Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a nasty ha. It's like a yes, it's Real Madrid. Like they are, in my opinion, anyway, they are the biggest team. They're the most, they're the most successful team in in European football, anyway. The fact last night they paraded with fourteen number fourteen t shirts on after the semi final, it was noted. Put it that way. Um, yeah, fair play to them. I I'm looking forward to it. I think um, there's a few Liverpool players that are still off here there that'll have a couple of scores to settle. And not talking about Mo Salah. I mean, the boys in midfield. The midfield's different than what it was in the final, obviously. Thiago and Fabinho will be in there. Possibly Henderson or Keita. I think Modric schooled Liverpool's midfield that night in Kiev. And I think there'll be a chance to possibly stop him from doing that. Now, that is not easy because he is still an operator. And then there's obviously Benzema against Van Dijk, which is going to be great. And and Allison against Courtois. So it's 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 a I think it's a great final. Obviously I'm biased, but I do think it's a great final. Like Real Madrid in the final is great anyway. It always that occasion that's Real Madrid. And um yeah, last time we played them in Paris, beat them. So it depends uh, on whether they start. It, for me, like the, any chance Madrid have depends on whether they start Cruz or not. I I know <laughs> I I know I keep talking about this, but like they were so they will start Cruz unless he's injured. I know, but they were so much better when he wasn't on the field. Um, Camavinga was brilliant. He's so good. Camavinga, he's so, so good. I know he's not the game time, but like he is a game changer. He's a phenomenally good footballer. Yeah. Like, what, Ridiculous. What is offering you? Like, he's except bad back passes. He just don't <laughs> understand it. Like. And Robbie William lyrics. But <laughs> um, that, on tonight then, obviously we were talking, and Rangers have beat Leipzig. 
yeah. to go through and they'll play Frankfurt because David Moyes' boys he's, uh, obviously lost in Frankfurt 1-0. Rangers managed to win 3-1 on the night to go through uh, on aggregate. Um, I think it was 3-2 uh, on aggregate, I think, or something they went through, possibly. Um, Lundstrom scored in the 80th minute. What a what a jolt as well. Potentially this could be for Scottish football. Cause I don't know if you saw it, Steve, but I think effectively now the winners of the Scottish League this year automatically qualify for the Champions League knockout stages next year. If Rangers win the Europa League, they qualify too. So if Celtic win the league and Rangers win the Europa League, both teams for the first time in a long time go straight into the group stages of the Champions League, which would be a, a jolt for the Scottish League and Scottish football, which be interesting to see what happens. Now, Frankfurt, they look a very good side. That would be an interesting Europa League final. In the Conference League then, Brendy's boys were uh, dusted by Tammy Abraham and Roma. They're obviously out. And it's Roma against Feyenoord, which is not a good final. Um, yeah. In Albania this year, the final is like next year's in Belfast, which would be interesting. Possibly Manchester United could be in it, Stephen. I didn't want to say it, but possibly they could be in it. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully not. But yeah, you never know. Um, but yeah, that's European Roundup this week. I wanted to finish off the pod. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, it's like, like, they're, like, Feyenoord versus Rome in a European final. That's pretty cool. Like, regardless of the level cool. of competition, it's pretty cool. And we have six different countries represented in this, as the six teams in three European finals. So, yeah. I think all in all, it's been a very good European season. It has been great. And um, UEFA and FIFA, if you listen to this, fucking stop trying to change it. Just leave, leave it the way it is now. Just leave it the way it is. Stop trying to get rid of two leg uh, knockout ties as well. They're great. Leave them where they are. Yeah. Don't worry about the away goals now. We've got over it. We've had such a good season of chaos. Just leave it. Um, to come away from football, obviously, Stephen, the NBA playoffs are in Ooh. full flow. Uh, it's this is the second round, but it's the it's a it's a quarterfinal stage, basically. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a quarterfinal yeah. stage, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we have a couple of series that teams are tuning up. Obviously, Miami look very good. The Warriors, though, let's talk about the Warriors because Steve's mm. the Warriors fan, and somehow I've been watching the Warriors, and I can feel myself being gripped by the Warriors. I don't know if Steve's planted something in my head or whatever's going on here, but the, I, I tell you what, part of it is Steve Kerr. I said this before. I think the two best coaches in sport, Jurgen yeah. Klopp and Steve Kerr. Um. And part of it is just when the Warriors are on tune, they're such an exciting team to watch. Yeah. Um, and then they're in this series off against Memphis with Ja Morant, who's getting on like Jordan or Michael Jordan in spells here. That and and for the Warriors, that'll need to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, give me the breakdown then on the Warriors. It's one all in the series. Obviously, Gary Payton's the, the second is out with a fractured yeah. elbow. That was bad. I I we talked about this the other night privately. I think. Brooks went out to nail him, not the injury, but he went out to nail him, and he did nail him. Can the Warriors, can they get over that? Do you think do they would you still have them to beat Memphis in this series? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think they'll win the next two games. Um, the 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 Peyton thing was huge. Like, I mean, that's not just their starters; that's their 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 debt lineup as well. You know, I know Jordan yeah. Poole. You know, often kind of rotates with him um, in that as well. But like to lose a player like that after three minutes, um, 
absolutely huge like and there's there's very little you can kind of do on that and like the first game was a real battle like as well like i mean you you draymond's been stupidly ejected i would say it wasn't an ejection at all i think his reputation went before him um, yeah like there's no doubt and the referees in that like watching the fourth quarter was like watching a display of everything referees should and could do wrong uh, and the Warriors overcame it. They overcame it one of the worst Clay Thompson shooting performances I've ever seen. Um, and I think what's worrying for the Warriors a little bit is that, yeah, the shooting has been poor um, outside of Steph, really. Um, and I think that uh, that's a worry, but it's also something that you think, well, it can't continue to be bad. And it will eventually click, and I think that's what's going to happen in the in the in the San Francisco games. I think um, that the things will just turn around a little bit um, for the Warriors. So I'm not overly worried. Like Ja is unreal. Like he's an incredible basketball. Like he is. He's just an incredible basketball player. Like you know that fake spin he did the other night. Like I can't think of another basketball player who would pull it off as smoothly as he as he pulled it off. Um, because I, I think he even tricked the camera. I think the cameraman's hips went with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, on it, and uh, and like, there's no doubt. But like, they're playing him 41 minutes a game. Like that's unsustainable as well over the course of a series. Um, you know, like 47 points is incredible. But you take those away, and th- there's only three other players in in double digits in terms of points for the 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 Grizzlies there's there's no other player over two assists in the game like it's it's a struggle for them to get offensive offensively going when Morant is is subdued so I would say Kerr will find a way to kind of scheme him out um so I'm not I'm not overly concerned, and this is coming from a guy who didn't think the Warriors would get past round one when we previewed the actual playoffs. So, like my confidence has grown, even though they lost the other night. And it, you know, it was it, on the scoreboard. It doesn't look like a massive loss. It was only like five points, I think, in the in the end, one hundred six to to one hundred one. But the biggest issue is that the Warriors keep letting teams beat them in the first quarter. Then they 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 tend to drive home in the second and the third. They they tend to be the, the their focus quarters, and they weren't able to do that the other night. I think they only had a plus eight points difference between quarters two and three, and because of the lead that they let the the Grizzlies take in the first quarter, it just wasn't going. It wasn't enough, especially with the way Morant finished the game as well. Um, but I think it's a I think it's a good series. I think it could go all the way. Um. And likewise, I think the Celtics books, like Celtics really surprised me how much they turned um, that yeah. series around. Thought they looked like a completely different team. I was, I was reading the other day in the first game, excuse me, sorry, they only took 10 two-point attempts in the first game. That's because of the box defense. That they just yeah, exactly. They, they just parked. Four. They just parked the bus. Space, effectively, to use uh, stupid person's terms, they just parked the bus yeah. in the paint and were like, all right then. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, beat us from the perimeter, and they couldn't. Like they just yeah. couldn't. And no. they looked a lot better in game two. Um, so I think that's a really interesting series. It feels like the Suns and Heat series might be over already because there's such a gap between the teams. 
Um, which is a shame because I thought the Mavs could could give that series a good go. Uh, 76ers are the 76ers. They are what they are. Like um, Miami, Miami look a very good team on home court. It's their ability to translate that on the road is the, the issue I think for them. Um, but I think, I think the two like the the two series that are tied at one one um, could could both possibly go the whole way. Um, whereas. Because the other ones could be finished in in four, so it'll be, it's it's interesting. Like it's it's fascinating. It's just a shame that, like as we always say, that the midweek games are on so late. Like we're getting a decent bit of weekend action at a reasonable error. It's just a shame yeah. that the, the midweek games don't kind of tie in as much, so people can actually enjoy it, um, the way you and I do. I uh, and I don't know. You get sometimes with the American markets that they actually will look at this. I'm like, well, they love to max. Pardon me, maximize uh, commercial. They love to maximize <laughs> money. So you'd imagine, like down the line, they will look at it and go, "We're gonna, we're gonna bring back the games and see what they can do in different things." Um, we're being selfish. That'll be great for us. Uh, but I, 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 I said this to you. I still think, I still think the Warriors have this in them to win it. Um and I, I and I tell you what as well, I think in the East, as good as Miami have looked, um and as Perth's and seventy sixers have looked, and this is no revelation, like but the winner of that's from the Bucks and Celtics. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The winner and, 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 and if the Celtics beat the Bucks and say they go on and beat them four one, then they're very dangerous. Because the Bucks in the first game spooked them. And like Janice was a freak, obviously, like naturally the Greek freak, but they spooked him, and and they looked they looked really bad. They looked really poor, and and even Mister Simmons, obviously, in his podcast, he was like, "You didn't, you think I was going to not talk about this?" And he talks about it straight away, yeah. and he goes off on one. And you knew even the Celtic fans were like, "Hang on, we're in big trouble here." And you're looking at it thinking, "This could be four zip. This could be yeah. game over. Like this could be absolutely sweep." But the fact that they changed it, the coaching team got in, changed it. And then bamboozled the Bucks and brought it back. I think that was a huge, huge, huge moment so early on in this series that you the, this game is pivotal. This next game is pivotal. I think the winner of it um could possibly go on. There could be a four one in this series. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, off the back of both teams would try to spook each other. The next one that comes back and fires back first, I think, then gets into that role of it where like, right, well, here we go. No, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of shadow boxing um yeah so far, and it's the first one to, to actually bloody a nose. Might be the one to just kind of walk away with it. Yeah, that's that's an interesting I w- I'd still be stunned if we didn't get at least six games in, in that series, but you know, you never know. I want seven in all the series. I want yeah. all the playoffs to always be seven. Um I want all that always to happen. Like I, I I can't see. I could see Dallas winning one game. I just don't think Dallas has enough to beat this Suns. And yeah. like, you, as a fan in the West, you're looking at the Suns as well as the Warriors. How much is that Peyton? You're going to help the Warriors, and then you look at the Suns starting to find a groove. Like Chris Paul, it, Chris Paul deserves an NBA championship. You don't always get what you deserve. Like he deserves one, I think. And then sometimes you look at it and go, 
this year, especially with um, Booker and uh, what do you call the other superstar, uh, Ayrton, that um, this team is the team to beat. But there's just something about this Warriors under Steve Kerr. The fact that they, I know it's one all, the fact they won the night after Dream and got ejected, you hear them all talking afterwards. Like they were never going to sweep Memphis, but now both, both teams are in the bay. Mm. You see the Warriors going back to Memphis 3 1. Like, I don't know where we were biased, but that's what you see. And we're still waiting for Steph Curry to explode. Yeah. I think, and that's mental. Like, he, he, he did. Like, I saw people talk about him before on ESPN. I think it was, it was probably Stephen A. Smith. So, excuse me for using that as an example. And they weren't putting him in a top 10 conversation. I don't know if you remember seeing this. I think it was him. Who else? I think it was. Was it first take or was it NBA tonight? It was one of those shows, and they weren't putting him in the top ten conversation. And I think it was even a point guards possibly as well. And I was just like, this, this is insanity. And and this is recency bias for me. I know that. Like, but that is insanity. He is, in my opinion, the ball in his hand, the most dangerous person in basketball. And I know people will say to me, you're an idiot, you know what you're talking about. And I don't know what I'm talking about. But in my small knowledge, when he gets the ball, if I was the the defending team, the defending coach, my undies would be filled. Especially <laughs> if there's a game on the line. Because you know what's going to happen. Like, Ja Morant, for instance, an example, because he's playing against, he'll run down into the paint. All right? Steph Curry can shoot from the halfway line. Yeah. And it goes in. Do you know, and it's not, it, it's not a fluke. <laughs> no, it's not. Like I mean, we've all seen the the warm up clips where he like you know, he just shoots tree after tree after tree, and he steps back and he steps back and he steps back and he goes all the way back to half court and nails it, and then he comes back in. Like he, the man has practiced this so often. He's like, I'm biased, obviously, with the Warriors, but like he, the man has changed almost single handedly. You'd have to give Clay Thompson a, a lot of the credit too, but and Steve Kerr. But how basketball is played. Like, yep. the, the only reason that the amount of three-point attempts have, has gone up every season is because of teams trying to match what the Warriors do and, and have done and what Steph has done. And it's just, it's a, it's an amazing skill. And, like, you know, when I was when I was growing up, it was Kobe and Shaq and then LeBron and obviously Jordan before that. Like, it was all guys who, who got into the paint and you know, took their layups as under dunks and and things like that. Or and, and Steph's not that player. And you see then that like so all the kids growing up now are watching Steph and they're going, okay, I need to practice my shoot or my jumper from from eighteen foot. <laughs> and they're all get, and they're all they're all getting better at it, you know. So like as good as Steph is, and he is legitimately the best three point shooter we've probably ever seen. There's someone there's someone better out there right now, and it's because of Steph. Um, so I, yeah, and you're right. Like, if, if 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 in a tight game, um, if you were to put like a gun to my head, who I'd want taking a final shot from beyond the arc on the buzzer, Steph, every time with with not even a, a, a moment's pause, like it would be Steph. Um, and I fancy him from anywhere inside his own half or inside the I, opposition. I would even so. go, not even, I just, who would you want to have the ball in their hand? It's Steph or obviously it's Giannis. Mm. People still say LeBron, that's fair enough, but I, still, I think these two. Those days are gone for LeBron, unfortunately. 
yeah, he's going to be a second player. I think he's going if he's your second best player on the team. Obviously, then you're in for one. Yeah, but it's it's Janice, but a step. But I, and this is obviously best too. So more a Steph Curry fan. It is it it is Steph Curry in my opinion too. Who do you want the ball? Who do you want to have the ball in their hand? Giannis will do different. Like he'll just run. He'll not that he just runs, but he'll get there into the paint, potentially bully you. But and again, this is little knowledge and sounds very stupid. So any basketball fans out there, please do not hire me for this. I'm still learning. But Giannis feels more in a clutch moment that you could potentially defend, whereas Steph, like. It's from the halfway line and in. So what do you do? <laughs> like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And like, do, do you know what I mean by that? Like, Janice, Janice, you can't defend Janice when he wants. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that you cannot. Like, but if you have someone that is big and bold and brass enough, they could foul him. Say, whereas Steph, you feel like he's gonna get a free moment and then that's it. It's game set match and it's gone in. Like, so, um. We're just lucky, I think, like we're going through another period. Basketball seems to keep going through these periods where, like, well, anyway, in our lifetime, the 80s, you had um, so many teams come out of it. You had, like, the LA and the Celtics, and then the, the Pistons dug in and dug in and dug in. They got it. Jordan arrived. Yeah. Then you had Jordan, Jordan, and Jordan, Jordan. Little period of where Jordan was finished up and teams had chances. Kobe arrives. Shaq arrives. Sorry, Kobe arrives. You have the Lakers going through. The Celtics come back into it a little bit. Kevin Garnett arrives, obviously. Then LeBron arrives. Do you know what I mean? And then now we're leaving through it, and it's Greek Freak. The, obviously, the Warriors and Steph Curry. Now you have Ja Morant. You have Luka Doncic. Uh, basketball, in my opinion, I don't think any a sport does it like it at the minute. Like, you had the Ronaldo and Messi era. Yeah. But we don't have... Anyone like those two at the minute? Mm, there isn't really. Like, there's, there's, there's very good footballers, very, very, very good world class elite footballers. Most are like Karen Benzema, Kylian Mbappe, Haaland, but they're not at that level. They're not like like game defining at the minute, mm. at just yet. Sorry. Whereas basketball seems to keep churning them out. Yeah, like there's a, there's a there's a lot of Kevin Durant in football. There's sorry, I forgot Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah, no, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like he never. He has never come into the conversation for the goal, like you know. No. Um, he, and an he made. Yeah, an exceptionally good basketball player. The same way Mo Salah is an exceptionally good footballer. But ultimately, when you and I are, well, maybe it's different for you because you're a Liverpool fan. But when you and I are talking to our grandkids about the footballers that we saw, it's it's Messi, it's Ronaldo, it it's probably not. You know Mbappe, it's probably not Neymar, and likewise for basketball, it'll it'll be LeBron, it'll be Steph, it'll be Jordan. It may not be Kevin Durant, like as good as he was, and he's obviously instrumental in the Warriors winning two titles. He was just very, 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 very good, but in an era of brilliant and and great. Maybe that's not good enough to be remembered, and that, like, I think that's what made that's the fact that he was playing at that level. And Giannis is probably in the same category, like, you know, two time MVP, defensive player of the year, wins a title. But in 10 years' time, like, are we talking about Giannis in the books in the same way we talk about LeBron 
and the Heat or LeBron and the Cavs or Jordan and the Bulls. I don't know if we are. Like, I really don't know if we are. So uh, it, that's the level basketball is at now. Um, and it seems to continue at that level and has continued at that level for so long. Yeah, it's anyone that doesn't isn't in the basketball. I always think you should just give it. A, even if you don't think you'll be into it, um, yeah, follow it on Twitter. Yeah, follow it on Twitter. Follow follow the podcast. Follow it in the off season. And the we've talked about this before. The culture of it yeah. is on is it's unmatched. It's just it's ridiculous. And that's what grips you into it. And then you start to see the subplots of things going on and different things. And especially the NBA, the basketball players, like, they seem to be so accessible now where you can always hear them on podcasts or, and they're very good on social media. They're interactive and stuff like that. They're in different things. So it's the NBA has just took off. I think, yeah. I don't think that, I think they were worried at the time when Jordan was finishing up and Kobe and different things were going on that it, it did go through a slump, but it's just boomed. No, uh, but yeah, I, I, I adore it. I love it. It's, it's, it's a release for me. And I, I haven't I said this to you privately. I, I do sort of feel myself liking the Warriors because I haven't properly landed on a team yet. I landed on players, all right. But I think it's this thing where I have to go and watch a game, and then, then I'll know. Then, yeah, and it, it won't be even if I go to the Knicks. It won't be New York Knicks. <laughs> It'll be who they're playing. Um, That's but yeah. Good. Oh. Basketball is very good, as oh. says. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that'll do us for tonight, Steve. I have been recording podcasts and interviews basically for eight days now, and I'm absolutely zonked, folks. So um hopefully you'll hear something. Well not can't tell you what it is, but you might hear it uh, coming out maybe next week. I'll let you know. But uh yes, Steve, I think that's us done for tonight. A lot of football come up this weekend. Obviously, Liverpool play Spurs on Saturday night. Oof. Saturday night against Spurs in May. I've been there before. Um, Easy game. Uh, uh, I don't know who United are playing, actually. I don't know. United. I told you. Oh. I checked out three weeks ago. There you go. Fair play to you. I've been there, too. I know the feelings, sir. Um, yeah. We'll be back at the start of the week. I don't know if I'll be on, but certainly the lads will be on the start of the week. We'll chat about the weekend football, uh, what's been going on. And then... Um, Patrick we'll... is back next week, I think. Patrick. Paddy is back next week, folks. He's finished his course. He's able to make a return. He can cover the Liverpool coverage for me. And he'll be back. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, getting involved on Twitter and socials for all our stuff for our podcasts. If you can, tune in uh, across social medias. Get us on Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash football babble. And go check that out. Anything can help. One pound a month. £12 a year, it's nothing, but it helps us keep producing good content. And um, we keep moving. The football season is still going. We're almost there. This one has felt like it's been going for three years, to be honest. <laughs> but it's almost there. We're almost at the end of it. And um, we'll chat you again soon, folks. God bless everyone. <laughs> Good luck and have a great night. Ciao.